You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Welcome to the Mash Those Button Show, where we cover the latest in games, community, culture, and everything in between. This is episode number eight, and we are recording for the week of April 27th, 2020. Kind of got a stacked show today. We're going to talk about the Valorant beta. We're going to talk about the co-op horror FPS GTFO. That is the name of the game, folks, GTFO. And then we're also going to dig into uh, quite a few new recent news topics. Uh, before we get into all that, though, I want to welcome anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you for taking the time to check out the Mash Those Button Show. Uh, we hope you enjoy your stay. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with the scourge of Iron Forge and games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. D- does GTFO stand for what I think it stands for? Yes, and that's how the game plays. We're going to get into it. <laughs> you mean you're going to get out of it? We're going to get out of it, exactly. Uh, but I also want to welcome back any returning listeners. Thanks for uh, coming back. You enjoyed what you heard last time, and you're here again, and we really do appreciate that. And I want to give a very special thanks to our supporters on Patreon and our Twitch subscribers. And if you enjoy the show and you want to keep up with what's happening with the Mashless Button Show and the Mashless Buttons Network, you can follow us on Twitter at the Mash Network. And right now we're really trying to make a push to 1K followers. So if you can spare a follow, we would appreciate that. And we'd also like to have you join our Discord, which is at mash.gg slash Discord, where you can meet myself and Nick. Uh, before we get into our topics, Nick, how you been doing? Um, as far as gaming stuff goes, I've been playing the usual WoW, Hearthstone, uh, Crash Team Racing. Um, I did try to get back into the final fantasy seven remake demo um because uh it's kind of like a movie and i figured you know i have a a four-year-old who maybe he would like that so you know i sat him down on the couch i was playing that with him and then we got to the part where barrett says the word ass and i was like this was a mistake (laughs) i shouldn't have done this and so I, I, uh, I summarily was like, Hey, let's, let's go do something else. And of course he was fine with that. So, um, that's really the, uh, the extent of my gaming. How was, uh, how was your week been uneventful for the most part? Like, I mean, I got a chance to play, to play a bunch of Valorant and to do some pugs with Valorant, but that's really about it. Uh, got to, got to work on some of these other projects, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, after finishing final fantasy seven, that's what my thing was. I was like, okay, I'm going to get into Valorant. I'm going to play it so we can talk about it on the show. And that's what I did. And yeah, I, until some of these projects are complete, I'm going to be a one-game man, I think. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, let's go ahead and get into our first feature. We're switching it up. Normally, we do the news first, but uh, we're going to try doing one of the features first, see how that works out. Uh, Valorant is Riot's take on the tactical shooter. Uh, It's mixing strategy and gunplay of Counter-Strike with the hero shooter elements of Overwatch. The beta has been open for a few weeks now, 
and a few of us were lucky enough to get a beta invite. So we got together to talk about our thoughts on Valorant. I am here with Chris Labosco from the Push the Point podcast. How you doing, Labosco? Doing great. Excited for the topic we get to talk about today. All right. And I am here with the legendary The Blevins, or just Blevins. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My brand is The Blevins, but my real name is Blevins, so I just try to keep it nice, nice and easy. <laughs> and if, in case you don't know him, and you've been under a rock and you don't know who this man is, he is from the High Noon Podcast and the Little Legends Podcast. He does a lot of podcasts. His Twitter handle is The Podcast Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people know me as. I, uh, I tend to do a lot of podcasts. Well, we're not here to talk about his legend. We are here to talk about the Valorant beta. We were a few of the elite that got into the beta. That's what it feels like. Cause man, it you just see that you just see the stories on Twitter. Like I've I've been watching Valorant for eighty hours and I haven't got a key. Yeah, that's that is rough. It's a feels rough. I was one of those stories for a while. Like the first week, not a thing, and I was getting frustrated and annoyed because like. Literally, my computer was on 24-7 with a stream on, and then finally the drop came through when I turned it off and went to bed. So <laughs> it's really all just luck. It, it really is. So, so should I not talk about how I had an insider at Riot that got me a key? Or, <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Mr. Little shout Legend. Out, you know who you are if you're listening. Thank you so much. Uh, you're the best. Um. Good. <laughs> no, I, I got my invite at 4 a.m., um, and... It took me another week to play because, you know, the <laughs> week up to, you know, the first week, there was nothing really going on. And then Friday came and I was playing Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's the only reason I knew I got the invite at four o'clock in the morning because I was <laughs> up playing Final Fantasy. And when I got it, I was like, meh, I'll wait till I beat the game and then I'll play some Valorant. Uh, but um, what do you guys, like, what do you, let's just start with initial thoughts of Valorant. What do you think? I've been having fun. Uh, I've been enjoying the game, at least early on. It it definitely feels a lot like Counter-Strike to me. And I mean, I've been playing Counter-Strike since I was eight years old. I'm 30 <laughs> now, so it's it's been a while. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it kind of I think there's a little bit of a nostalgia effect to it. And it just feels fresh. And and uh, until I went back to Overwatch, I didn't realize how how easily my game can run a game like Valorant compared to Overwatch and like how much cleaner it looks. So so the aesthetic is just really pleasing, too, because I don't have mm -hmm. to tax my my system, which is pretty good to play the game. So mm -hmm. there, there's multiple factors that, that have made me enjoying the game. And, and just the the learning aspect is always a fun thing about a game. Yeah, I, I felt a lot of uh, similar feelings. I was not I was legitimately unsure how I was going to feel about it. I do not have a storied history of of CS. I've played it here and there. Never was good at it. Never really picked it up. Uh, never had a group of people that liked it. So I just never play. I just barely ever played. Um, I have within the last year uh, have gotten like reintroduced to Riot Games. Uh, played League, you know, ten years ago. Took a, a hiatus because I didn't like the game. TFT comes out. Legends of Runeterra comes out. I'm I'm in the like Riot universe. I'm wearing a League of Legends hat right now. Uh, I, I, I've been reintroduced to Riot. I've really liked just every, everything I've interacted with them has been great. So I'm like, I'll, I'll try this Valorant thing out. Um, you know, I've 
always kind of liked CS, but never really played it. And I knew I was going to be bad and I still am bad, but I've had a ton of fun. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sold that the game inherently is better than something else, but I'm playing with friends and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be having a lot of fun when I'm playing with a group of friends, almost regardless of the game, but I'm having a lot of fun playing this game with friends. So, yeah, I know for me, well, one, I wasn't too excited about the game when it, when, you know, when it, when it was announced, you know, um, I do have a history of CS. I've, I've been playing CS since 1.3. I played CS competitively for Ooh. about seven years. Wow. Like the highest, highest my team got was Cal main. If for people who know what Cal is, no <laughs> and, idea what uh, that means, but I'm yeah, assuming I, it's great. I, I don't, bl- I don't blame you. A lot of people would <laughs> not know what that means right now. Um, and that's a whole separate podcast about what happened to that league. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can have like a true Hollywood story about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when it came, when I finally got the key and I started playing, uh, it did bring back some of the stuff that I did enjoy about the game, you know, uh, having to make smart tactical decisions on the dime mm. and then also having to be able to execute on the dime. Uh, you know, you know, the, the game does add some additional stuff like, powers or mm-hmm. abilities mm-hmm. Uh, that change the game you know one thing that you're used to in a game like cs is that everybody has everybody's on the same playing field you know everybody has the same tool set mm-hmm. and everybody would have your smokes your flashes and that's how you ran plays and in this game obviously not everybody has basic utilities like smokes and flashes certain certain characters have smokes, certain characters have flashes but then other characters have other utilities like uh, being able to detect where people are, and the thing I really appreciate about appreciate about the way they handled that was that it's not just like easy. It's not a Conzo arrow where you just <laughs> plug the arrow into a wall and you see everybody that's in yeah. there, you know, in the distance. Like you actually have to strategize. You know, when I first started, because that's the only character I've played two characters so far. I just kind of get stuck in these roles, mm-hmm. and one is Sova, obviously. And the other I played was Sage. Mm-hmm. And I am so sorry to the people that I played with when I played Sage because I just totally kept forgetting that they can get healed, that I can heal people. <laughs> well, well, I would only remember that after somebody died. And I'm like, oh man, I better heal myself up. <laughs> Ooh, 98 health, better top myself up. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I was thinking originally when you played Sova that it worked like Hanzo Arrow because the lines go through mm-hmm. the map. Mm-hmm. But then I was playing with people that I know and they're like, no, it doesn't work like that. It's got to be line of sight. I'm like, okay, that works great. Thank you for telling me that mm-hmm. because it changes the whole perspective on that character. So now I'm playing maps. I'm like, hmm, how can I bounce this arrow around to get into a position where I can see, you know, an entire bomb site or mm-hmm. something like that, you know? Um, and some of the characters you, uh, you know, you might be able to place a smoke directly, or you have to like, look at the overhead map and see where to place smokes and you have to do so tactically because this really could have turned into baby's first counter-strike oh, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really fast with the way some of these abilities work. I still don't like some of them. Like I know Ray's has that robot that mm-hmm. she just puts down and it goes in a straight line. Not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of anything in a first person shooter that kills you automatically like you know like yeah. automated like turrets uh looking at you torbjorn looking at you symmetra <laughs> <laughs> you know stuff like yeah. that the, the nice thing about the 
the Roomba that Ray's has is a lot of people have been calling. Everyone it, calls is, it the Roomba. Let's yeah. be honest. It's a Roomba. <laughs> true. True. It, it is. It, it It's pretty easy to kill is the one good thing. I mean, that does reveal information, though, to the other team. But it, it, I like the fact that it punishes you if you don't do it and you do manage to get into the sight of it, because like you can very easily just hide from its line of sight and mm-hmm. then you're fine, too. Like there's so many times where I just let the Roomba kind of go around and then they don't realize I'm there because I didn't let it see me like mm-hmm. there, there's always it seems like a lot of the abilities have ways to counterplay it, I think, is the one nice thing. Like there's nothing that feels super overpowered other than maybe a rocket launcher, which is still not like extremely overpowered unless you're all grouped in a corner and then well you're all dead oh yeah the 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 Roomba it's the Roomba specifically I actually I felt the same exact way that you did Ja and then I shifted to what Labasco was saying because I was playing her at the onset I'm like oh I'm getting these free kills it's so nice it's like we've got these set plays where we'll run it and then if we hear them shoot at it we all rush and kill them instantly it's like oh it's so easy just the easiest thing in the world and then you realize that the thing will just keep going and going. And if it doesn't see anyone, it just like diffuses initially, which is fine. But then I would be, I'd go in and I'd follow I'm like, Oh, this room's clear. Uh, no, my Roomba didn't go off. And then I'd go in the room and then I'd get shot right in the face. The same thing with the Sova arrow. It's like, Oh, you can just move out of the way of it. Let it diffuse and actually give your opponents false information. So I've, I've, I've shifted a little bit on, on that. I think that that ability specifically and like Ray's in general is, is really interesting right now. She's one of the most, uh, argued about characters for sure. Uh, and she actually just recently got nerfed too. Yeah. I mean, I do like the, the fact that the, the base of the characters is the same, right? Like it ultimately comes down to your, uh, tactics and your shooting, right? It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. like your your kit doesn't affect how much damage you do when you shoot somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So it does feel like everybody is useful. Uh, now I, I, we'll see how the meta pans out with you know certain abilities being more useful than mm-hmm. others, you know. But I do I do like the 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 balance of the game so far. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, for me, and maybe it's because you know I, I'm I'm not I I am far from a pro. For me, it's more about like you know the closer you can get everybody to being the same in a game, the more I like it from a competitive standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, like there's unlike you know there's un- there's no way you're gonna avoid a comparison to both CS and Overwatch mm-hmm. in with this game, and you know, and with in Overwatch, if you have one a certain character that you're coming up against there's nothing you can do in some cases about that character beating the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if May, uh, if you're Zenyatta and a Doomfist just happens to hop over walls, like, okay, I'll see you guys in 10 seconds. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, right yep. after that. Uh, there's nothing you could do, but there's it, it feels like there's always something that you can do to a degree. I mean, like, so if they just catch you off guard, you know, with the right move, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, that, that's just the way it is. But uh, this is a game where, like, I haven't really been, I've, I'm not angry if I die because like that's just a learning experience. And, yeah. You know, uh, maybe I do it better next time or maybe I just don't do whatever I just did at all because it's not something to do. You got to learn from it. I have felt like I have learned more in these like one and a half weeks or whatever at this game than I have in almost any other game since like I started playing games. I'm even still I mean, I'm I, to preface this. I'm very bad at the game. 
Um, but I'm finding like my <laughs> aim is really bad. That part I'm working on very slowly, but the tactical part, I'm still finding things like, oh, okay, I'm getting a better feel for like map awareness. Okay, they're not on A site. I can start flanking around. Well, I'm doing, I find myself doing that every map and then I end up getting killed at the same spot because they know I'm doing that. So I need to get out of this rut of just keep doing the same thing over and over again. So even just like little things like that, um, I feel like I'm learning so much and like getting better with positioning and how to hold spots. And then also I'm getting like marginally better at actually aiming and clicking heads, but that's going to (laughs) take a long time for me. That, that, that too is like, one of the beauties of the game is like you, you always feel like there's something to learn unless somebody just runs out and gets a headshot on you like you don't feel bad about what happens because generally either it was your fault or you did something wrong, mm-hmm. which are kind of the same thing. But, you know, if you did something wrong, it's like, oh, I had my aim in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like the, the, there always feels like a way to improve, which which is something I feel like it's something that that makes it where people who are a little bit more casual are actually OK with playing the game, too, because. Like right now, everybody who's been playing the game has had mostly good things to say. Like most people are not saying bad things about Valorant, which is the good thing. There are some things coming out from certain people who are not necessarily bad players, but people who who are criticizing the game in ways that I think are are important to criticize the game. Like mm-hmm. one in particular just happened recently. It was Summit. And for those who don't know who Summit 1G is, he's one of the biggest streamers. Come on, bro. People know who Summit in the 1G. world, right? I, I'm just saying, you never know. You never know. So I didn't know who he was. To be perfectly honest, with you, I was like, oh, okay. Like he has a he has a very big Counter Strike yeah, background. Like true. that's one of the games oh, yeah. that like kind of made him. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of the OG streamers too. But he he goes into one of the big differences and one of the things that he's been having a problem with when he's been playing Valorant, and that is walking accuracy. You know, counter strafing is something that's super important in counter strike. Counter strafing does not matter in Valorant. Like like it is, you know, it's not the same degree as what it is in counter strike. Like walking is so accurate. Like there's even people who will bind, walk and shoot to the same button and for the specifically just to have the accuracy. And and it it's one of those things where where there are some things that the developers can maybe still do to to make things better or make mm-hmm. it where there is a little bit more of a skill gap if they want to go that way, but they don't necessarily have to, because if everybody can have just walk and have very accurate aim, if you can at least put your crosshair in the right spot, you still have a chance of killing mm-hmm. someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if something is available to everybody at all skill levels, cause that bind is available to everybody at all skill levels. It's yes. just something that you have to kind of learn about the game. I think that's fair game. I th- I think like, okay, well then you just do it for now. You know, I think it's I think it's fair game because I know from my personal experience that low level players aren't going to benefit that much from it. I'm just (laughs) like and I I think at high level, that's that's for the the pros to 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 figure out. Um, I I don't know. I think it does. It certainly is an advantage, but. I don't know. So do you guys think this that Valorant brings anything new to the table? Like because. You know, there are other, well, I was going to say there are other games, but let's be honest, there are other game, you know, really didn't bring, it it didn't bring anything new to the table for that genre, per se, League of Legends, right? I think it took Dota, you know, at the time that it came out, kind of, it took Dota and then it distilled it so that, like, they've been playing it long enough that they know how to make it easier for new players. And that's what League of Legends did. And that's one of the reasons why it blew up as fast or as big as it did, Mm -hmm. because 
I'm not sure if you guys have if either you have played Dota proper. I have. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm mean, not proper. And, I've played it. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, not, I'm not saying playing it properly, but Dota itself. Yeah. It was not an easy game to get in. The no. skill barrier to get in was incredibly high. And the mm-hmm. only reason I was able to get in is because I had somebody who had been playing it and they taught me what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, League of Legends, it wasn't, that wasn't the case, you know? So, you know, it really helped a lot of players get involved in that genre. I'm not sure if Valorant brings anything new to the table per se. It takes, it takes some of the best things from Counter-Strike. It takes some of the elements of Overwatch. And it puts it together the best way you can put those two things. I shouldn't say the best way, but they're trying their best to put it together. (laughs) Yeah, they're trying to put it together. They're they're trying their best to put it together in a way that makes sense. But go ahead. Yeah, I I think you are 100% right there. But I would also say a Reese's cup isn't bringing anything new to the table. It took peanut butter. Well, whatever that in whatever that technically is on the inside <laughs> it took for uh legally different than peanut butter it, it took peanut butter and it took chocolate and it put it together in a way that a lot of people like um and i think that's a good thing i think that valorant uh you know obviously is not bringing a new genre to the table it's not uh you know i mean i guess it kind it, it is it's doing exactly what you said it's taking a counter-strike basis and adding some uh you know hero shooter elements to it um and it's presenting that is that a new i think that composite is technically a new thing is it adding a ton of like uniquely new things to uh the game itself probably not um but i i don't think that it necessarily like i don't think that a good game necessarily has to be like a brand new thing like I think a lot of people would argue that Counter-Strike uh, in its current state was was lagging behind in a lot of ways. So I think that you know, Valorant, while it isn't brand new, I think it uh, it adds a lot to the, uh, the, the, the genre. I think that's something, too, that the, the team, the Riot team in, responsible with creating Valorant, like that's sort of been the whole thing from the start from them, though, is like they've never said they're creating a brand new genre of game or anything. They're saying we're taking the genre that we love and we're putting a new spin on it in a way that we think will be fun and that will also give the genre a fresh new look. Like that's always sort of been the thing that they've said. Like they've mm-hmm. never said this is brand new, different than anything you've ever played. You know, that that's never really been the tag that, that they've had. So I, I mm-hmm. think. To, to expect that would, would kind of it would just be kind of weird anyway. But I, I think with what they have done, I think, is something that is di- it's definitely different from Counter-Strike. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's bringing elements of games that people like, like people like a. Listen, the Counter-Strike, there's no characters. Nobody cares about, you know, ter- terrorist number two. You know what I mean? Also, it's a terrorist, so they already don't like it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) people can people. One of the things that Overwatch did so well was make people care for the characters Mm -hmm. in the game. And I feel like they're going in the right direction to do that for Valorant. There are some pundits out there who will say that they don't want any lore in the game, but they're going to put lore in Valorant and people are going to eat that up. And that alone is going to bring people to the game in a different way then people are getting brought to Counter-Strike. So I, I think when you have those aspects in as well, along with just the gameplay being solid itself, which it clearly is, I think that's one thing that's pretty 
especially the gunplay. The gunplay is is great. The the spray patterns, they're not hard to learn if you take the time to learn it. Like I think I've got the the spray pattern down for the the vandal pretty well. So you bring these two elements together and you have something that can be really good. Now, uh, the elephant in the room regarding Valorant is esports, right? That's the first <laughs> thing everybody's talking about in, in, in terms of Valorant. What do you think the esports implications of Valorant are? Uh, I mean, the, the obvious one is, well, Riot does League of Legends, which does LCS, LEC, all of those leagues. Those are one of, if you know, arguably the most successful esports product out there. Uh, by a number of different metrics. So you the, the logical thinking is that, oh, we're going to have Valorant, uh, you know, we're going to have, uh, you know, VCS and VEC, you know, instead of League, it's going to be Valorant. Um, and actually, the um, the one of the creators or founders of the um, LEC, Riot Magus, is now in charge of Valorant Esports. So there's just the obvious implications there. Um, I think it, it, it does open up a lot of, uh, it, it opens up a lot just, just naturally there with the, the connection to riot, but also, you know, they've stated, you know, they're not, we're not going to get the Valorant, uh, championship series right now. We're not going to have a franchise right. league right now, which to me, that, that that rings really well, even though like I'm obviously covering the Overwatch League and like a big fan of the Overwatch League. It's like, hey, we're not just uh, cookie cuttering this in and trying to sell a bunch of twenty million dollar leagues right off the bat. That would that I think would rub a lot of people the wrong way. Um, Valorant's not going for that uh, right now. They're, they've said and they've put out some uh, some some documents on like, hey, we want to support community run tournaments, kind of like what Overwatch did in the early days. What a you know what league did in the early days, uh, but actually with support from Riot as well. So I think that that bodes well. And then and then the other thing to a, a slightly lesser extent or a different extent is like Counter Strike is another one of the most uh, you know one of the most successful and and biggest products in terms of esports content. The problem is is that it's terrorists versus counter terrorists. It's blood. It's real guns. Um, and and while Valorant like are the guns are the same guns right like let's be honest they're the same guns yeah, right it's called the vandal and it's got like crazy it, it looks different it's not an ak-47 with real and, and you're not shooting someone in the head and their their you know brain explodes with blood you can turn all of that off so the game can theoretically skew younger it can potentially i think in a an open-minded place you can see it in sort of colleges maybe even high schools depending on the on the region that sort of implication further down and longer out, I think, is is huge for for esports moving forward. Especially when you consider the fact that Overwatch, which is another game with guns, is so prevalent in high schools. It's actually pretty mm -hmm. wild how many high schools have Overwatch teams. Like, yeah. especially like even here in Illinois, like there's a bunch of different teams. I, I've I've been in contact with like the people who run this stuff. It's it's nuts. Like Overwatch, they love it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with League of Legends. I think Riot's doing a really good job with that. I, I like the fact that they are starting with the community-driven stuff. I mean, in part because of the state of the world, they kind of have no choice anyways. True. But <laughs> it, it makes sense, and it's a good way to grab up a lot of the, the pie because I feel like the squabbling going right now with CSGO and the two different leagues that, that are clashing, like, if you're talking about a perfect time for Valorant to be a game in existence, 
Like it has to be ne- right now, right? Because you have sort of this weird amalgamation of things happening in CSGO that are kind of leaving it kind of waving in the air, not as stable as we've seen it before because you have these two different leagues that are kind of fi- they've been fighting over teams and everything else that has been happening and whatever. I haven't paid 100% attention to how things are going with Counter-Strike, but but just that alone is enough for you to go, okay, there's maybe a little bit of an, an opening here for Valorant to to take some stakes in in the the tactical shooter round and uh, you have Counter-Strike former Counter-Strike pros and and some current that are playing the game and playing it a lot. So you you have a lot of interest I think from a player base standpoint that seems to want to play the game. The numbers are pretty good pretty early on too for some of these tournaments. Like it it can only go up from here if they keep pushing out and continuing to to push the competitive side of the game, which I mean, we should expect here in a week or so, maybe a couple weeks, we'll also get the competitive ladder that we'll get to see what people can do on too. And and if that is any indicator of how things can go, I think it can be really good. So I think that esports is going to happen. There are some that say this game is difficult to watch. Have you ever tried watching Overwatch? <laughs> I, cast, I cast Overwatch. Mm-hmm. It is so much harder to watch Overwatch than it is Valorant. Mm-hmm. Like at least Valorant, you can get a grasp of what's happening. Like there's not as much stuff happening on the screen, even though you have wild colored smokes, it's still a very basic and easy game to understand. So mm-hmm. I think that there is a high viewership, like basic viewership viewing ability for the game that can make it very successful. Well, we'll wrap that up here. Uh, thank you guys for coming on to the show and, and talking some, uh, some Valorant with us. No, thank I'm you. I'm sure we'll no, no problem. I'm sure we'll see some Valorant podcast popping up very soon. I, I, I'm making no comment. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you guys. And uh, we'll head back to the main show. All right. It's time to get into some quick news here. Uh, first up, Final Fantasy VII Remake sells 3.5 million copies. I think in three days it did. Like it, it's, I'll say it's pretty good. I think Square is is satisfied <laughs> with 3.5 million copies, but it actually puts it in the company of other games like God of War and Spider-Man. God of War sold 3.1 million copies on launch or in the launch window, which I would assume would be 30 days, right? That That's the launch window. And Spider-Man with 3.3 million copies in its launch window. So that's good company, especially for one of the best games of... Uh, 2018 actually technically speaking two of the best games of 2018 well i i think it would have sold more if people who had the first final fantasy 7 didn't say you know what, i'm good i don't need to get another one huh i mean i don't think that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> well surely i don't the think pro- anybody actually said that nick <laughs> surely the problem is not the you know the issues that they had mentioned about shipping and uh and just the general state of the economy at the moment and stuff like that surely uh that didn't play in anything well i don't know i i don't know anything about that i got mine digitally so don't know what to tell you there uh another big piece of news is that jason schreier is leaving well actually he's not leaving kotaku he has left kotaku good for you jason good for you uh he is actually joining bloomberg news and he cites management at geo management is it geo management or geo media I think it's Geo Media, but I'm trying to remember. So, 
Yeah, he cites that, you know, he, he didn't directly blame them, uh, but he's saying, yeah, yeah, everything's not so so great over there. No, if you work for one of the former Gawker websites, um, you've probably had a very contentious relationship with management at this point. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, it's no surprise that he would leave. Um, and I, th- I think it's a shame insofar as if you're Kotaku, like Schreier was like your big draw and you would want to keep him around, but uh, failing to do that, it's, it's kind of like that you had one job kind of thing. Like they had one job and uh, t- tell us your thoughts on Kotaku, Jarrett. <laughs> Man, <laughs> fuck Kotaku. <laughs> like the, I have no the I will drop no tears for Kotaku. I, I there would not be a single tear shed from this from this face because you know you have Kotaku is two sides of the same coin, man. Like you'll have Jason Schreier having these amazing articles about the games industry, and then a few weeks later, somebody puts out an article about easy mode being too easy in Final Fantasy. Like what? That's that that, that like, you know side B that I just mentioned there. That is what you normally get on Kotaku. It's no like no. I you know I don't. I'm not a fan of people losing their job or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, if Kotaku, if that if that ship sinks, I I just hope that the people who work at Kotaku will no, not all of them, some of them, end up in a, in a good place someplace, in a good home somewhere else. <laughs> When do you think the next time we'll cite an article from Kotaku will be? Hopefully never. <laughs> <laughs> like the only reason, the only way I can see us talking about Kotaku on this show is if we're going to talk about how dumb one of their articles is. That's the only thing I can think of. That's to valid. be perfectly honest with you. Because, yeah, that's just, that, that's just it. Like, no. I, the sooner, like, yeah, Kotaku is a symptom of a larger problem in the games media. But Jason Schreier is out of there. He went to go work at Bloomberg News. He's going to be working on technology, but he's going to still focus on games. So, great fit. Good for Jason. I wish you the best. Absolutely. Moving on, Mick Gordon is frustrated with Id's mix of the Doom Eternal soundtrack. He says that he will doubts he will work with them again. And he's still trying to understand the situation himself. So there has been, there was a uh, article, but I, I can't remember the name. I think it's just audio file. I can't remember his, his exact handle, but they listened to the doom eternal soundtrack, which right now is only available for collector's edition people. It will be out within a few weeks for everybody else. And I think it's on Spotify. And they're like, something's missing. So they took a look at the, at the, actually specifically the mix for BFG Division, the version from the Doom 2016 soundtrack and the version from the Doom Eternal soundtrack. What you saw there is there's less dynamic range in the track between 2016 and let's just say 2020 version. And it's funny because there are two times in Doom Eternal where BFG Division comes on. And it came on, and I didn't know what it was, but it didn't have the same kick to it. Like I, was, I, I thought to myself, maybe it's just because I've heard the song so many times. 
But then today when I was working out, it came on on my playlist and I was like killing it. <laughs> you know, like it's a, it's an awesome track. Rip not Rip and Tara, but BFG Division is one. It's, it might be the most popular song from Doom 2016. It is an amazing video game track. And yeah, so Audiophile, they, they were very upset. Well, I should say very upset, but they were just disappointed that the the soundtrack apparently was not mixed well. And they even say, you know, Mick Gordon is a much better audio engineer than I am. So I don't really understand. And then Mick Gordon replied to them saying that he didn't mix those tracks. He only mixed a handful of tracks on the OST. And he said he would never do that. So whatever happened with Ed and Mick Gordon, uh, he, I know he still composed the tracks, but he didn't do the final mix, which for him, you know, for some people that may not be a big of a deal, but for him it is because that's his livelihood. That's he put his heart and soul into that music. And for it not to be mixed properly is is kind of kind of hard for him to take. So yeah, I mean, I, personally, I think whatever the issue is, I don't know how big this rift is between the two because he said he's he doubt they'll ever work together again. But I, I, it and Bethesda need to get on this and need to get this fixed. Like this is not just any composer. You can't replace him with another composer and Doom be the same game. I'm sorry, you can't. That like the soundtrack is a deep part of that game, you know, to the point that I was uh, when Doom Eternal was coming out, I was more excited about getting the soundtrack than I was about getting the actual game. So they really do need to work out whatever this problem is. Uh, I don't know what. Maybe they didn't want to pay him for the extra time to do the mixing, but then you get what you pay for. Because I wouldn't even mix a podcast the way that they mix that track. I look forward to the Bloomberg News article by Schreier explaining what happened with Mick Gordon. Yeah, that, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. That would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Jason. If you can get on that right away. Appreciate that. <laughs> you have your first assignment. Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I that's disappointing that they would do it. And I hope this does not affect because I would imagine that he would also be working on the new Wolfenstein as well, since he worked on the soundtrack for Wolfenstein, the first Wolfenstein. Yeah, so Wolfenstein the New Order and the new and Wolfenstein to the New Colossus. He he worked on both soundtracks there. So I would imagine he was slated to do the third one as well. Uh the unannounced third one. I'm predicting it's gonna get announced this year, but yeah, well, we'll see. Hopefully I get that worked out. Red Dead Redemption 2 is replacing GTA 5 on Games Pass. And if so, if you want, if if you haven't played GTA 5 yet, for whatever reason, and you wanted to play it while it's on Games Pass, you are running out of time. Uh, looks like it's going to happen on May 7th. GTA 5 is a pretty meaty game, so you probably need to start immediately. By the time you hear this, you need to start immediately. Uh, this is why, I'm, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting on Games Pass, but this is why I don't have it. One, a lot of the games that I have, a lot of the games on Games Pass, I already own. First. Second, I don't want like a Netflix-style arrangement where, you know, a game's on it one week and then the game is not on it the next week or I have to, or I let's say I never played GTA five and it was on my list of games to play because on games pass. Now I have to hurry up and play it before it gets removed. And it's not like 
Netflix, right? Because if a movie goes off of Netflix, I can go to Amazon and pay $3 to watch it. You know, uh, Games Pass owners do, or, or subscribers do get a 20% discount on it. But yeah, on the game when, if they want to buy it permanently. But no, like I would, no, that, that's this is one of the reasons I don't have Games Pass. So maybe someday they'll give me a reason to get it. But not today. And this is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of it. So finally, some very good news. NVIDIA says there will be no layoffs. And not only that, they are accelerating raises to staff. So uh, there was a letter, an email that came down or a letter. I, I don't know how they delivered. I'm assuming it's an email. But basically, it starts by saying that they're pulling the annual review process. So normally, when you get a letter, an email like that, you're like, well, they're not giving out raises this year. And it was the exact opposite. They said they're going to give out raises earlier so that the families can have the money during this time because they probably need it, which I think is really awesome of NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA, you know, they're one of these companies that are actually, they're kind of thriving right now in this environment because the technology that they create help. It's not just for games, you know, it's AI and processing and so that helps with like medical equipment and scientific research and we're doing a t- us as the human race not us as me and nick by the way <laughs> we're doing a ton <laughs> of that right now to try to to defeat uh this this pandemic so that's just really great like nvidia did not have to do that at all they could just kept it as business as normal they didn't ha- they didn't have to say we're gonna give raises early you know so, yeah, no, this is awesome. This is really awesome that NVIDIA is doing that. So, uh, kudos to them. Great I job, hope, NVIDIA. I hope when they, they show them their checks, they're like, this is your paycheck with RTX off, and this is your paycheck with RTX on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be funny. So, uh, Nick, that you just need to make a consulting company with all your great ideas. <laughs> like, here, you should do this. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move into our last feature here. Uh, over the last decade, one of the best ways to help support games development is to buy into the game during early access. We're seeing more and more games take this approach, and this week we're introducing a new feature to the Matches Button Show, Early Access Reports. So in these features, we will keep up with certain games through Early Access. We're going to talk about their latest updates and maybe even get a developer to come and talk about their game. Uh, So this in our first early access report, we're going to talk about the co-op horror FPS GTFO. I am here with Corey Treadway from the Dropping Spicy podcast and also a good friend of mine, Frank Nuki. How you guys doing? Hey, what's going on? How's it going? I'm not doing too bad. Not bad. We are here to talk about GTFO, and yes, that does stand for Get the Fuck Out, because that's what you got to do in this game. It's from 10 Chambers Interactive, and it's marketed as a co-op horror FPS. Uh, And since this is our first early access report for this game, we're going to, I guess, dive a bit into what the game is like to play a bit before we get into the updates. So uh, if you had to describe GTFO to somebody, how would you do it? I would I would say it's it's definitely got a horror part to it. Um it's suspenseful. Um I likened it like I said, you know, to you on a private convo was a you know, Dead Space kind of meets Left for Dead in a way. Um I do love the fact that it's first person. Um and it's definitely team based and hardcore. Um 
more challenging than than most team based games that I've I've played. Yeah, just basically like it's just a, a stealth a stealth based tense game. It's fun to get in there with a, with a group of friends, especially if there's no matchmaking in there. It's I've been having a great time playing it. Yeah, I would definitely like. I'm not so sure I would call it horror myself. Uh, there's just so many elements that make it not scary for me. The fact that you have three other people with you, uh, the fact that you do have guns and ammunition, albeit limited. I, I, they do give you limited uh, ammunition. They do give you limited health and supplies. And I think that's like like Frank said. That's what makes it tense and suspenseful. You have to be very careful while playing the game. Uh, because if you're not, you know, one mistake can wipe out your health. You know, it can wipe out your ammo supply. And then, like, by the time you get to the end of the level, you don't have anything to really, you know, defend yourself with or, or you know, make it to your objective. So, uh, yeah, I, I do believe this is one of the most, like, this this game is not just a co-op game. It requires cooperation between players. Uh I just think about the chatter that I have on comms and other co-op games compared to this one. You know, most of the time in other co-op games, you're just, you know, you talk about the game, but you're also kind of, you know, telling jokes, goofing around, having a good time with friends. And in this game, it's pretty different because, like, I want to say 99% of our comms are about what's happening in the game. And sometimes deep discussion about which path do we take? Which doors do we open? Do we need to go for this item? Like, you know... Like, hey, we, we're all on health. There's health packs in here, but there's also a shit ton of enemies. What you guys want to do, <laughs> you know? And you don't want to keep the comms full of, like, of, of goofy stuff because you also need to listen for enemies and certain items when we're pinging stuff in there because audio cues are very important in this game. I know we're going to get into it a little bit later, but I, I've witnessed that at the most recent. I just I just played C2 for Rundown 2, and it's super fast-paced, and it's... There's a lot of cues, and if you're not communicating, you're gonna wipe. You can wipe within the first two minutes of the actual map. It's unbelievable. So the, the game is right. really, really strongly team based. So to kind of paint a clearer picture of you know what the game kind of plays like when you when you start before you actually get into the map, uh, you and your team are able to pick out pick your loadout for each person. And it, it consists of a primary weapon, which is usually like. Uh, rifles like uh, uh, semi-automatic or fully automatic rifles. Uh, then you have your special weapons, which are basic. They're more powerful. They're usually like shotguns, um, even like a sniper rifle. Uh, but you have limited, like the the ammo supply of those weapons is even more limited. And then you have your tool, which your tool itself can also be a weapon because uh, it can be something like a shotgun sentry turret or a machine gun sentry turret or mines. Or it could be something like Seafoam, which, you know, doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but it's a huge deal because it helps you block up doors and fortify doors when, you know, the enemies are going to attack. And uh, you can also have something called the Bio Tracker, which shows you where enemies are through walls and in the map. Or And sometimes the walls aren't even a problem. Sometimes the map, the area is just so dark, you cannot see the enemies until you get right up on them, which is pretty cool. Uh, but actually, I think more importantly, the bio tracker lets you, uh, if an enemy's moving, it lets you tag them for everybody to see on their HUD. So uh, that's a conversation that has to be had before you go into each map. And most of the time, the conversation is going to be a lot deeper the second time you go through the map because, like, okay, well, we know this, you know, these things will probably happen. So let's get this load out. And that's when you drop down into the map. And then when you go into the map, I mean, 
that's where things start to get interesting and fun. I mean, each map, I guess the basic concept is the same. You know, each map is filled with different rooms and corridors, and you have to move through them through these various doors because you're always looking for a specific objective. Now, that objective can be a couple different things. It could be uh, one item that you have to go get and then bring it back to the extraction point. Uh, one of my favorites is the PID search where, and sometimes they're not called PID, sometimes they're called something else, but basically there are multiple of an item and you have to grab it. But the developers always put more than you need. So if they say you need 10, there's probably 15. And what that does is it gives you choices as to where you want to go in the map, you know? So you got to find these items uh, in the map and try not to die while doing it. And there's a cool console system. Like there are these terminals that you can find in the game that you can type information into and it tells you where certain things are, uh, where you need to go, you know, things like that. So yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool experience. So at this point we're on the second rundown, uh, which I would say it, it doubled the amount of maps from the first rundown. Yeah, because the first one down only had about five maps, right? This is like five or six maps. I think it was. I think it was A one, A two, B one, B two, C one, C two, and then D one. Or was D1. it C one? Yeah, C one and then D something like that. Yeah, but right. there's the difference between this the, the first rundown. This one is the maps do feel like that you can get through them a lot quicker than the first rundown because a lot of those early maps we took like first game like an hour and a half, two hours to get through the first one. And then how long did it take you to get through your first three rundowns on the second one? The first three maps, it took us two hours and a half to get through three maps. And I don't think we failed at all. Yeah, the first one had just A1, B1, B2, C1, C2, and then D1. That's that's what it was. So six six maps. And then this one's got 10. Yeah, this one's got 10. I feel like the second one is where they started slower, making sure that people, I guess, learned how to play the game in A1. But then kind of threw you into the sh- into the shit, basically, in B1. I mean, B1 wasn't, you know, we got through it, but I, w- I would assume that a team that hasn't played together, if you're picking up, doing a pickup game, I can see how you could wipe, especially before they uh, before they nerfed the, the map, you know, because it, w- it was multi-scan, remember? I don't want to say how many there are because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that actually wants to play the game. But, it, you know, the difficulty was more before they nerfed it slightly. And then... uh you know, then they put you into B2, B3, B4, you know, teaching about the scouts and everything and all the, you know, kind of new enemies. Yeah, there's a there's an enemy in the game that uh, most of your enemies are, they stay still unless you wake them up. But this enemy, it's awake and it, it walks around and has these tentacles that come out of the head. And if you touch one of their tentacles, like it, it alerts the entire area. It'll start a, it'll start a horde. Uh, sometimes those hordes are worse than the ones where you have to open the, the security doors, <laughs> you know. Because um, it brings everybody. Usually because you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brings everybody from all different directions. But yeah, I mean, this this rundown definitely, I think it eases players into the game a bit more. They probably got a ton of feedback about how difficult the game was. But for me, that's the best part of the game, the fact yep. that it's so difficult. Like, we can't just run through it, uh, you know. And I know a lot of players, they kind of, like, I've watched youtube videos or twitch streams streams of players like dicking around and trying to run through the maps and mm-hmm. killing everything and they just get fucked up you know all the time there was a guy in the community that a couple of guys that can run through solo through the first rundown the second rundown it's been harder much 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 more difficult for them to try to do it on their own 
So I, I think it, they've changed it to much more and better team-based game than it was on the first rundown, what they were doing. Um, right. And I do like the new modes that they have, or the new objectives, I should say, they have in this rundown. The first rundown had, you know, I think good objectives or decent objectives. Like, you know, you have the HSU where you had to go find one thing and bring it back, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and then the PID searches. But they also had that, the one mode in the, like, where the generator was where it was basically a horde mode, which is different for this game. Like, usually mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't do that much shooting in the game. And then it wasn't just that, you know, we got to the, the, the generator and you just hunker down and start firing. Like, you, there was still a ton of pre-planning before we started it. You got to clear yep. the map out. You got to find where all the supplies are. For us, we had to say, okay, well, make sure that these supplies are in this part of the map so we can access them easily when we need to go get them mm-hmm. uh, between rounds. So there was that one. Or even uh, certain maps where we didn't um, where we didn't want to go those specific routes because it would take us outside the bounds of where they of where we wanted to go, right? Because we had limited resources almost the entire time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, in this rundown, it feels, I don't want to say it feels a bit more varied, but I do like the, the, the fact they didn't just make new maps and keep those same objectives, you know? Like there is mm-hmm. a one is essentially like having two HSUs, but it's in my opinion, it's a little bit easier because in the original a one, once you got the HSU, you had to make, you had to run back mm-hmm. with a horde on your tail. Uh, that was fun to, to the extraction point. That was fun. <laughs> but uh, on in this one, you actually, the horde won't start until you get back to the extraction. So it's a little easier. Not to mention you don't even, you can get the objectives without even, fighting enemies sometimes you know like in the and to get the second uh what is it i forget what it is like some type of cargo that you have to get and to get the second one there's been times where we don't even have to uh take care of one of the larger enemies in the area we could just go snatch it mm-hmm. uh and then uh they had well they, they they had a map that i think specifically in the new rundown that was specifically designed to introduce you to a new type of enemy because you just had to get from start to finish. I really like these uplink maps, to be honest with you. I, I, I do dig the uplink maps uh, so far. Because uh, those introduce a new aspect where you you might actually be down one gun while you're trying to fight off the enemies. And depending on... And in the uplink maps, it's a different terminal every time, so the map varies, or or where you're going to fight. Your strategy varies vary. every time. Yeah. So if your loadout doesn't match, and you thought for one loadout was going to work, you go back and you're like, uh, it's in a different terminal, guys. <laughs> what are we yeah. going to do? Yeah, I think yeah. my time I was playing, I had to stay in the room with you, protect you while you're at the terminal, while the other guys are in a different area, trying to keep the horde at bay on that side. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, right. Yeah. they're bursting through the door now. Oh, crap. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing I had. To, like, at that point, I had to keep hopping off of the terminal, shooting them until the, like, the things started popping mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, what's the code? <laughs> Give me the code. It's this, I, I, this I, way. Just want, yeah. I just want to point out that, that I just don't want anybody. To, if you're going to start playing the game, it's all, it's, I think it's really great. But just be mindful. It is early access. So there are some bugs. Like, I, like the uplink thing, for instance, when you might see the uplink. But I, I don't get it sometimes. Sometimes it actually disappears for me. So it's it's just strange. So, you know, yeah, don't get too frustrated if it does happen. It, it's it's what it is, right? They haven't, yeah, we, we've had some fun, funny yet. bugs in this game. Like the one where mm-hmm. the enemy just goes through the wall and hits Jar or something. Mm-hmm. 
I, th- I think it's pretty good though. I, I do, I do really enjoy it. I like playing. I know we usually play together with uh, a consistent team and whatnot, but even if you have an inconsistent one where you're just going in, picking, doing pickup games, it's still doable and it's still good. But just be mindful that some guys have played through the map so many times, they're just going to run you through. Like they're just carrying you. And I think that that does kill it for you if you're not if you're not prepared for that. And I don't know. I I like figuring it out too. So I usually go in and say, hey, just don't tell me anything. We'll figure it out. This is the loadout we're going to go with. And we'll jump right in. And we, we just try to make it work with whatever we got. I know one of the, I think, well, the last map that we did with Cora, I think was B4. And that one had an interesting dynamic too where two of your people are carrying an object and that means you only have two actual guns to fight with <laughs> at any given time if if a horde managed to pop up mm-hmm. uh, which was cool and i do like in the new rundown how they are using the fog mechanic because in the rundown one the fog was just annoying uh, now the fog is actually dangerous if you're <laughs> yeah it could actually hurt you now so it's like oh don't go in the fog it's, I think it's a great new way to play the game because then you kind of figure out what's happening and, um, you know, you're going through it and you're like, oh, you don't expect it. And I was saying like, wait a minute, what's this infection? You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I was just, I was just enjoying the parts where just like the new fog mechanic when you're going through and just see the silhouette of the enemies coming through. You're like, oh, God, there's a guy much closer that I couldn't even see. It's even worse than darkness. Because when we say we're going through the fog, folks, we cannot see what's ahead of us. No. That's why, it's, like, it's I... I have to tell people with the bio track, like, yo, there's somebody 10 meters ahead of you, five meters ahead of you. But that dynamic is so much fun because you're telling me and I'm in front and you're, you know, you've got the bio tracker and it's like, you're like 10 meters. I'm like, okay. And I'm sneaking up and we're sneaking up together. It's like, oh my God, my flashlight, turn off your lights, turn off your lights. And that's, and I yeah. think that's the part that makes it super intense. Your asshole is just completely like just tight. You're just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't do it. Oh no. It's just, like, I don't see awesome. him. He's on my right. Oh yeah. He's he on, yeah. Yeah. It's on your right. Did you see him? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I think that like with this, with, with this rundown, they're definitely, if you can, if you combine this with this stuff in the first rundown, I think they have like already a good set of like levels mm-hmm. to make. Right. Um, I know. Also, the new weapon. They, I think they only added in one new weapon, right? Which was the burst rifle. Uh, no, they, they added the machine pistol, burst rifle, and then they changed the dynamic on the machine gun and um, right. some other minor tweaks and stuff. Well, and buffs. I, I don't think I've seen the machine pistol. I don't, I don't think I've seen anybody mm-hmm. use it. The burst, I know you guys are, uh, you do enjoy that. I like the burst rifle. I've tried using the machine pistol. It is the at the recoil is just ridiculous, and it's it's. I don't know why anyone would truly use it. They have to be directly on you, and you would just burn through ammo so fast, like every clip. You might as well use a shotgun. Yeah, point. exactly, exactly. And I love the shotgun. I mean, there's two different variants, but I think the base shotgun is better than the combat shotgun for sure. It's just so much better. I'm just curious about where they can go with it, you know, because they really made it kind of open right now, and I know it's still early, but. I I like where their where their direction is. I really enjoy it. I'm glad I'm glad you told me to buy it, Ja, because I think I think it was you that told me about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, download to buy this game. I was like, yeah. And you're like, it's like thirty something bucks. It's fine. It's like yeah, it's like gas. Let's just buy it. <laughs> In terms of weapons, I don't think they need to overdo it. I mm-hmm. think they need to focus on level design. One thing I will say about the rundown too is I am finding it easier to set up chokes, kill boxes. Things like that. Whereas in the first one down, like think about, I'm trying, I can't remember which map it was. I'm pretty sure it was a C map 
Mm -hmm. uh, the one where almost every level has two, every room has two floors. So I'm constantly seeing a ton of enemies. And some of those spaces were, was was it reconnect? Reconnect. Yes, that was the one where we were running back and forth and back and forth. And the no, kept not coming? that one. It wasn't that one. It was uh, it was oh, a was different a search? one. Where we, was it a search? It was a search where you had to find two HS. Or was it two HSUs? I can't remember. But you you had to. It was a search though for sure. And we failed it like three times. It was super foggy. Like we I think had it was. I think it was C two. I think you're talking about decode. Decode C two. Maybe. Well, decode has PIDs. Well, you have to find a bunch of those units. Like, no, nah, this is something else. And. The thing about that one, like we kept having trouble because the areas are kind of open. So we can't just set up these choke points and have enemies run through the choke points and hit the shotguns and, you know, hit the sentries and stuff like that. It took way more moving around to not die. So, like, so, like I said, so far, the, the, the new maps I've gone through are a bit tighter. The last one, C1, was a bit more open, but still. Yeah, You're not as open as the other one. Yeah, I like C1. I, I mean, we went, we got pretty, pretty far. I'm not going to ruin it, but I, I know we got pretty far in it. I, did Cora play with us that day? Or was that, that Emery? No, that was he, Emery. We, no, he did not do Z1. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. The, the thing I was going to say was I think C2 you're going to like a lot. I have not seen D1, but I'm really curious because I kind of know we failed C1, but it wasn't like we didn't do well. Like we did really well on our first go through. Um, well, so, well, I would say we made it far, but we fucked up a lot. If we didn't fuck up as many times yeah, as we did. We would have made it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So I think I think C one is is a good map. C two. I think I'm really curious to see where we end up as a team because I've played it so many times with different people, and I must have wiped at least twelve times on it until I beat it yesterday, and that was like my thirteenth or fourteenth time playing it. So I want to compare it to what we do as a team because it's like. Just curious, just to, just to, just to compare, see how quickly we can get yeah. through it. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens because I know, like, we just just did D B four and we wiped our ass with that level last time <laughs> when we did it the other night, dude. When we did it the other night, yeah, we literally wiped our ass with that level. That was that's. I love how you put that. We it was it was in it was just a oh man, we ate that thing for lunch, man. It was like a donut, crispy cream donut, yeah. easy and smooth on the, the way day. down. <laughs> I hope the dev listens to this and it's like, oh yeah, you wiped your ass with it? Okay. <laughs> I, got, I got something for you. Give it to me, baby. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. <clears throat> God, if the devs do listen to it, man, you guys are doing a great job. Um, Keep it going. You know, come up with something Absolutely. else. But yeah, I mean, I don't mind the levels being difficult and it takes you multiple tries. Just, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the community goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward you to know. some more enemy types coming out too, as long like the ones they, they're introduced in, in the rundown too. Oh yeah, like yo, my I, I put a suggestion in the GTFO Discord and it got downvoted super hard. I said oh. they should put like a, uh, like well, I don't know if you two watch Doctor Who. Oh, I do. But no. I said they should put oh. they should they should put a weeping angel style enemy in the oh, game. Oh, I love that. that. I hate it, that at the same time. A weep, yeah. A what weeping is it? angel in, in Doctor Who? They they they're if you look at them, they're statues. But if you look away from them, they move and they'll kill you. Uh, so or they won't kill you in Doctor Who, but like they are basically statues, and you like when they're around, you have to look directly at them. You cannot look away from them. Somebody has to be looking at it in order for it not to move. 
So that yeah. dynamic would truly be crazy because then you couldn't you couldn't get close to take it out silently without moving from behind. So you need true coordination. That would make it a truly coordinated effort, right? With it. Yeah. And then you add a scout in there. Oh, oh, that's just oh, that's nasty. Yeah. Oh. So I just threw up in my mouth awesome. a little bit. It's that nasty. So we should do it then. <laughs> Damn, dude. Oh, yeah. That would make it super difficult, but I do like the fact that they added in the locks in the game. They added in the hacks, but um, they're I don't know if they're adding that much to it, you know? Because once you once you clear the room, it's yeah, it doesn't make yeah, a difference. It doesn't make so. a difference. I think if you would have had that in, um, I don't know, it was like something in Rundown One where I know there was like the room was full and we snuck by. Do you remember that in C One? I think it was, yeah. or even C Two, right? Yeah, there were a couple items like that where you sneak by, grab it. I mean, we've done it in the rundown too. Mm-hmm. So important shit should be inside locked items, though. But yeah. you know, risk reward. But yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, we're really enjoying the game. Uh, like I said, this is the first early access report for it. The next time we do one, we'll probably just talk more about the updates versus the you know what the game is like to play. And uh, hopefully that'll be within soonish, like not too soon. Do you mind if I just say that you should invite anyone who's listening to this invite to your discord, man, because it would be great to have more guys to to jump in on the game. No, absolutely. Yeah. Come to the mash.gg slash discord and we try to organize groups for GTFO. So it'd be great to have you there. Okay, so that's going to do it. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. All right, well, that's going to do it for us tonight or today, whenever you're listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons, we have Push the Point on Tuesday, Double Tap on Tuesday. We're going to have a brand new WoW Talk on Wednesday, as well as a brand new Drop in Spicy on Wednesday. Well, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the Mash's Buttons Network, you can follow us at twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Nick, how can they get a hold of you? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk and the Torn and the Goblin, our uh, World of Warcraft shows. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Jostra Domus. You can also find me streaming here occasionally at twitch.tv slash Mash Those Buttons. I do believe I'm going to have a streaming schedule sometime in the the near future. Uh, That'll be sometime before I die. (laughs) So I will keep you guys up to date with that. Uh, But yeah, you can, you can follow me on twitch.tv slash magic buttons or some of our other shows that stream uh, when they do their live recordings. You can also join us on discord, which is mash.gg slash discord. We would love to have you there. Like I said earlier. Uh, So come and talk to us. Let us know what you think. As a matter of fact, you know, we love uh, to hear about your comments and questions from the show, uh, you know, your thoughts. So you can reach out to us on Discord if you want, or you can reach out to us via email, which is contactthematchlessbuttons.com. And you can also reach out to us on, on Twitter as well. So we, we look out for, you know, contact from all those places. And if you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. You want to take your support a bit further, you can actually become a supporter on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash mash those buttons. And you can help support mash those buttons with tiers starting at $1 a month. Uh, you can gain early access to content as well as exclusive content. Like, for example, on this show, even at the, at the uh, $1 tier, you will get what we call the cutting room floor, uh, where things that are taken out of show, maybe for time purposes, you know, we put it on Patreon there. 
And at some of the higher tiers, you get, you know, early access to features and exclusive content, like behind the scenes stuff from pre-show and post-show. So uh, we do appreciate everybody who supports us there. You can also uh, buy merch from our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. We're going to have so we're going to do a refresh there soon. Soonish, soon TM. That's Blizzard, you know. <laughs> and uh, you can also uh, drop a Twitch subscription for us if you want at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. I encourage you to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons. And that's it for us. Thank you very much again for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 